Welcome to Study, Grow, Know, where we discuss theology, prophecy, and current political issues from a conservative biblical perspective. Here's your host, Dr. Fred DeRuvo. Hi, Dr. Fred, and you're listening to another episode of Study, Grow, Know. The scriptures are plain regarding the end times or last days prior to the physical return of Jesus to this earth. And the Apostle Peter writes about it, warning his readers and us. And he says this, above all, you must understand that in the last days, scoffers will come, scoffing and following their own evil desires, 2 Peter 3.3. 3. That's the NIV. Now, Peter is emphasizing to his readers that while there are numerous signs indicating the last days were upon the earth, one in particular will stand out. That's the number and vehemence of those who mock the idea that Jesus is physically going to return. Many will do their best to show their contempt for Jesus and believers by ridiculing and mocking the fact that Jesus will return to this earth in victory and in judgment. Now, Peter is reinforcing concepts he'd already taught them, and then he expands on those concepts to prepare his readers and us for what is happening and what has been happening. Since the Bible teaches that the last days begin with the first coming of our Lord, then the entire time since then is now part of the last days. Notice, starting in verse 4, Peter establishes his reasoning for what he tells them in verse 3. says this, Then they will say, Where's this coming, he promised? Ever since our ancestors died, everything goes on as it has been since the beginning of creation. But they deliberately forget that long ago, God's word... By God's word, the heavens came into being and the earth was formed out of water and by water. By these waters also, the world that of that time was deluged and destroyed. By the same word, the present heavens and earth are reserved for fire, being kept for the day of judgment and the destruction of the ungodly. You know, it's a sad picture that Peter paints here, in a way. You can almost hear the ungodly laughing derisively as they call God a liar, verse 4. Where's the promise of his coming? Peter points out that they deliberately forget, verse 5, the reality of God's creation. This is intentional on their part. Paul refers to this as, quote, suppressing the truth in unrighteousness, Romans 1.8. This is what the ungodly do. They lie for the sole purpose of hiding the truth. This is why Peter says, above all, meaning that one of the biggest signs, if not the biggest sign of the last days is an overall and increasing sense of mocking and ridicule that grows throughout the world toward any truth as revealed in Scripture. This is because Satan is becoming far more active since he knows his time is growing shorter, Revelation 12.12. Satan's demonic anti-God activity begins in earnest in the final portion of the last days. And I believe this is why we are seeing what we're seeing in the world today. This tendency of the world to mock God and his truth is growing at an unprecedented rate. Well, here's Paul's take on it from 1 Timothy 4, 1-5. Paul says this, The Spirit clearly says that in latter times some will abandon the faith and follow deceiving spirits and things taught by demons. Such teachings come through hypocritical liars whose consciences have been seared as with a hot wire. 
They forbid people to marry and order them to abstain from certain foods, which God created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and who know the truth. For everything God created is good, and nothing is to be rejected if it is received with thanksgiving, because it is consecrated by the word of God and prayer. Are we seeing this today? Absolutely. As error continues to walk into and be embraced by those within Christendom, with the resultant abandoning of the faith that many claimed to have held. Now, years ago, errors that were introduced into Christendom were very subtle. On the surface, many didn't appear to be errors at all. It was only through biblical digging and research that the errors became obvious. Today, ungodly errors walk upright into too many churches, and they are embraced openly. Notice also that Paul teaches that these deceptions that cause people to abandon the faith are taught through hypocritical liars. Verse 2, they lie with abandon and can really put their energies behind the lies they promote because there is nothing in their consciences that causes them to rethink or doubt what they say. When liars are caught in lies today, they ignore it. They continue on simply deadpanning people who accuse them of lying, and they just repeat their lies. Now, one example is Roe v. Wade which the Supreme Court recently ruled should never have become a federal statute, but instead should have always remained within the purview of each state legislature based on the Constitution. SCOTUS did not cancel abortion, but simply sent it back to the states, allowing each state to decide for themselves what they would do with the issue of abortion. Now, in spite of this actual reality, leftists are crying about the fact that their right to abort or to decide is now gone. It is not gone. Abortion will always be available somewhere in the USA, but no matter how often this is stated, the left ignores it and they continue with the lie that reproductive rights have been canceled for women. It is stupid to the nth degree, but this is what liars with a lack of inner guidance do. To them, it's all about using whatever means is necessary to achieve their goal and lying is that preferred method. We see the same thing happening with the infamous J6 Congressional Committee. Even though some of the committee are labeled GOP, it's clear they are far more aligned with the Democrat platform than the GOP platform. And beyond this, they also use evidence they alter in some way, normally by only presenting part of it, devoid of its original context. The ultimate goal of the committee is to somehow prove that Trump incited an insurrection of the federal government. And if they can prove that, it will make it illegal for him to run again for public office. That's their end goal, and they don't care how much they lie or deceive to get there. Another example is in the area of COVID. The more we learn, the more obvious it becomes that the treatment plan for COVID mandated by to hospitals by the CDC was seriously flawed. It caused major havoc and death, and it is still doing that. We're also now learning that the continued push to be jabbed is creating an endless pandemic. And uh, by the way, I have links for some of this stuff in the transcript. In spite of admitting the path originally chosen was not the best way forward, People like Fauci keep insisting that the only way out of the pandemic is to get everyone vaxxed and to keep topping off the original vax with new boosters. 
And as I'm sure you know, Canada has decided that every nine months, people will need to get a new booster. They're even now trying to tell us that if you've taken the CB jab and keep up with your boosters, you essentially become immortal. There's a link for that. This is in spite of the fact that it is the vaxxed that is hardest hit these days with injuries and deaths. The lies are so appallingly obvious to many, but there is still a fairly large percentage of people who buy into the lies. So many are without discernment and have rejected truth for so long that they easily and willingly embrace lies because they feel the lies are truth. Paul notes in 2 Thessalonians 2, 9-12, the burgeoning tone of global society as Satan readies this planet for the revealing of the final man of sin, which will be based on lies and deceptions. The coming man of sin will be so possessed, so possessed by Satan that the two are essentially of one mind. Here's what Paul says, the coming of the lawless one will be accompanied by the working of Satan with every kind of power sign and false wonder, and with every wicked deception directed against those who are perishing, because they refuse the love of the truth that would have saved them. And for this reason, God will send them a powerful delusion so that they believe the lie, in order that judgment may come upon all who have disbelieved the truth and delighted in wickedness. And that's the Berean study Bible. Now, I in the text, in the transcript, I bolded the words false in verse 9 and deception in verse 10. And Satan lies because that's his native language. It's what he does. So it shouldn't shock us when we hear his followers also lying. These people not only hate the truth, but as Paul notes above, they delight in wickedness. Now, in Romans 1, 29-30, Paul provides more information regarding these people. Here's what they're like. They've become filled with every kind of wickedness, evil, greed, and depravity. They're full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, and malice. They are gossips, slanderers, God-haters, insolent, arrogant, and boastful. They invent ways of doing evil. They disobey their parents. They have no understanding, no fidelity, no love, no mercy. These people traffic in envy, murder, strife, deceit, and malice. And beyond this, they gossip and slander whenever they speak. In fact, Paul tells us that their soul sold out to wickedness. They actually invent ways of doing evil. Lies cloud their thinking, creating an alternate universe, if you will. The way they look at life, they lack any understanding and have no love for or provide no mercy to others. And I've watched a few videos on the net this past week of people doing horrific things to others. For no discernible reason, a man pushes a woman down a flight of stone steps leading to a subway in New York City. In another, a man is surrounded by a large crowd of people who beat him up badly. In yet another, kids attack and end up killing a 73-year-old man in Philly. In another instance, a large man creeps up an interior stairwell, comes to a young woman and begins punching and kicking her. She goes down, bleeding from head wounds, sitting in a stupor with her back to a door. He leaves, and two other young men come up to her, and now instead of attempting to help her, they simply push past open the door she is leaning against, and go in. 
Now, this is the world that's being created now, and it all has to do with Satan's efforts to enthrone himself through his spiritual son, Antichrist, as world ruler. In that position, he will receive all worship and adoration given to Antichrist. He will literally become the visible God of this world because he will so fully indwell this human being that is yet to be revealed. Yet in spite of all this, Satan's rule will be short-lived, and he will certainly not fulfill his promise in Isaiah 14 to be like the Most High. And too many people believe we can get back to the previous normal in society. And two years ago when I started writing about this, I said the new normal is not going back. We're never going to get back there. Matter of fact, I remember saying those plexiglass, uh, clear, whatever they were, guards in front of cashiers and stuff, they're not going to go away. And they're not. They're there. We've gotten used to that stuff. I don't believe we can go back because there's too much that has happened to keep that from occurring. Satan's great reset is on the cusp of occurring. And like the Egyptians under Joseph, I have to ask, are you prepared for what's coming? I have no idea how bad things will get prior to the Lord taking his bride out of here. I have no clue at all. I wish I did, but I don't. I don't know when it's going to happen either. So I've said that before. But that said, isn't it better to be prepared as much as possible for ourselves and our families rather than be at risk of going through dire situations that we did not prepare for at all, but we could have been prepared for? What harm is there in storing up additional food supplies and other things? If things don't get that bad, it's not as though the food is wasted. Christians who say, well, I believe God will provide and do nothing to help this situation may well be guilty of testing God. There are many people, including people like, for instance, Jonathan Brentner, and I have a link to his article. They have recommendations worth considering. I'm not preaching the unbiblical, oh, God helps those who help themselves mentality. I'm simply saying that if you're fairly certain potential problems are coming, but you do nothing to address those problems, then you may be guilty of what Paul talks about with people who do not provide for their own households and who are, in fact, worse than infidels, 1 Timothy 5.8. Well, what do we do apart from preparation, though? You can do things to mitigate against what may be a coming storm, but what do we do apart from that? Well, we continue spreading the gospel. The Great Commission is our marching orders. We must tell them whether they listen or not, and hopefully some will. We must be living evangelists, always seeking to help others escape from the fire, Jude one twenty three, and into relationship with Jesus. This is your calling. This is my calling. And if we focus on that instead of politics, I'm not saying to ignore politics. I'm just saying that shouldn't be our primary focus. We will begin to see people as being in need of salvation. Right now, they are enemies of the cross, Philippians 3, 18 to 21. But we can provide them with truth that will set them free if God opens their eyes. So while you're preparing for what may be coming, don't forget to always have a reason for the hope that you have in Christ, 1 Peter three fifteen, so that others can prepare for their eternal destination as well. Thanks so much for joining me. And until we meet again, I pray that God will open your eyes to show you how blessed you are in him. 
You've been listening to Study, Grow, Know with Dr. Fred DeRuvo. Please join us each week for new broadcasts that deal with theology, prophecy, and political issues from a biblical, conservative perspective. 